Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to Nuggets Nation, where you'll find the most up-to-date news, stories, and information about the Denver Nuggets and their organization. Brought to you by your host, Ethan Hinschel. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Ethan back with Nuggets Nation in episode 23 here to recap the Denver Nuggets-Portland Trailblazers game on February 4th. This Sunday, the Nuggets got the win. It was a tough win, but they got the win. They played much better in the second half than they did in the first half, and I will break down really what really made the difference for the Nuggets in this game from the first half to the second half because there was a vast difference, and I will break down and talk about who did what and why they won. So for starters, the Nuggets were able to win this game 112-103, to so Though they won by nine points, this game was pretty tight for the most of it. The Nuggets did not get a lead till late in the third quarter. Then that was the Nuggets' first lead of the game. To start with, the first quarter, the opening first two and a half, three minutes, was a really sloppy start for the Nuggets. They just didn't play well. They weren't making shots, and the Trailblazers were making a lot of shots. In the first quarter, the Nuggets allowed 37 points, which I believe was their season high. And on top of that, not only that, but they just played really bad that entire first half they played a little better in the second quarter than they did from the first quarter but in the first quarter the Nuggets were outscored 37 to 25 and I know they played the Portland Trailblazers this past Friday in Denver and that playing the same team two games in a row even in the same location whether on the road or at home is a really tough thing to do I don't care what the team is the NBA is really talented it's the best league in the world for a reason and you don't get to be an NBA team, and even if you're bad, you're still good enough to beat any team in the league. I don't care how bad you are. I want to say the Detroit Pistons, but maybe. I, I don't think they could beat any team, but on any team's best night, you can you can win. So, and when all the factors go in that way, and any team's best night combined with any team's bad night can lead to a win for the, any team's good night. So, And that was the case for the Portland Trailblazers for the most part tonight. They played really well in the first half. In the first half, the Trailblazers had 63 points. So it was one of the worst halves I've seen the Nuggets play. In terms of execution and just being smart with the basketball, 
the Nuggets did not do that in the first half, especially in the first quarter. The first quarter, the Nuggets really struggled. Jokic was about the only one going for the Nuggets in the first half. The bench unit really struggled in the first half. It seemed as if Jamal Murray was getting triple teamed for the Nuggets when that bench unit was out. But there were two bench guys in particular who stepped up today massively, and that was Peyton Watson and Christian Braun. And Michael Malone even said after the game how valuable those two guys were today. And their value, Christian played well in the first half and so did Peyton, but the two of them played really well in the second half, which is really where the Nuggets were able to grab momentum and get the lead in the second half towards the end of the third quarter and then into the fourth quarter. They kind of ran away with the game a bit. But those two guys in particular really stood out. And a lot of the adjustments that the Nuggets were able to make from the first half to the second half was due to those guys. To Christian and Peyton. So those two guys, as I've talked about in the entirety of this podcast creation and me podcasting, is how important they are for the Nuggets in winning another NBA championship. Because with the loss of Bruce Brown and Jeff Green, which I highlighted at the start of this podcast back in early October and November, the Nuggets needed guys to step up. And they were going to be Peyton Watson, Christian Braun, and Reggie Jackson. Those were the three guys that the Nuggets were need to count on to step up alongside Zeke Naji, which he has not done. But fortunately for Nuggets fans, Peyton Watson has stepped up tremendously this season. And the past month and a half, his play has ascended to new heights, I would argue. And Christian Braun, the past week and a half, his game has really been much better. I would say since the Nuggets went on that five-game road trip, starting in Philly and then ending in New York, he kind of transformed on that road trip, I would argue, his season a bit. His offense was not coming together in terms of his half-court game, and I don't know if it's there at the moment, but he's more engaged in the half-court offense, I would argue. He's not just getting the ball and looking confused where to do and what to do with it. He is, you know, being aggressive on the glass, and I would argue, though he is undersized Christian Braun, he is one of the better rebounders on this team. Obviously, the best rebounder is going to be Nikola Jokic alongside Aaron Gordon, and then, you know, underrated rebounders are Michael Porter, Jamal Murray, but I think right in the Jamal Murray category with KCP probably and Jamal is Peyton Watson and Christian Brown. I think they're right there and Christian Brown, that's the value that he can bring to this team. It's his rebounding, his hustle, his defense, and just his grit. When you bring that grit, especially in a night like tonight where the Nuggets needed a bit of a momentum boost, I would argue they were just playing a little lull, a little dull. They they just lacked some energy. He's the type of guy who can give you a spark and help the starters get the rest that they need while while he's on the court with the bench unit. And not only that, but then when the starters come back in, they feel energized because the game has more rhythm to it. And they're not just feeling like the starters are carrying the entire team for the entirety of the game. So that was really key. But as I just pointed that out, I do want to get into some of the statistics for what made the difference from the first to the second half for the Nuggets. And as I said, Portland scored 63 points in the first half. But in the first half, Portland was 10 of 18 shooting from three, which is absolutely unacceptable. As the Nuggets players and fans who watch this team, you can't allow 10 of 18 shooting from three to any team. If you do that in the first half, Nine times out of ten, you're going to lose that game because you're not going to be able to come back from the lead that they had. And Portland, I believe, at one point was up 14 points was their largest lead in today's game. So it's fortunate that the Nuggets were able to get this win to move to 35-16 and 16 to go to 19 games above 500. But Portland shot the ball really well in the first half. And part of that was they just shot the ball really well. But a lot of it was they also got so many open looks, so many open lanes to the basket. The paint was not being controlled by the Nuggets 
the Nuggets were actually outscored in the paint. And that's really odd because the Nuggets are one of the best paint scoring teams in the NBA and defensive teams in the NBA when it comes to scoring in the paint. And they didn't do that tonight. And against the Portland Trailblazers, that's a bit shocking because Portland is a bottom five NBA team or bottom six, bottom seven NBA team. Whether standings are just pure talent, whichever way you want to look at it, it is they are fitting into that mold. And they dominated Denver from three and just offensively. DeAndre Aiden played exceptional tonight. Maybe he heard the shit I talked about him in my episode on Friday that I recorded that I posted Saturday. I'm joking, obviously. Um, he didn't listen to this, but I wish he did. Um but no, from what seemed like one of his worst games of the season on Friday against Denver to this game, it was a complete 180. He played really well. He was making down shots over Jokic, around Jokic. It didn't really matter. The Nuggets obviously weren't really going to double DeAndre Aiden just because he doesn't bring that type of like scariness to an offense due to his passing ability. I don't think his passing ability is good enough. And... The Nuggets didn't feel the need to double-team him, and I understood that for the most part. He was getting a lot of shots, and it was kind of frustrating the shots he was making at points because it was just consistent. The problems that the Nuggets have had, they've yet to address, and that is rebounding. And Mike Malone talked about it in the game on Wednesday when they lost to OKC on the road, how if they rebound, they probably win that game, and he's totally accurate. And there's a few other games this season where if they rebound, they probably win and have a record that's similar to the Boston Celtics for tops in the NBA and probably first in the Western Conference. So that's what we'll, rebounding will do. It will win you games, and the great Pat Riley stresses the value of rebounding and how usually the team that wins the rebounding battle will win the game. And I agree with him, and I talked about Pat Riley a bit on this podcast here and there in a few episodes. So you know me that I respect some great basketball minds and Pat Riley is absolutely one of those great basketball minds. He's one of the greatest basketball minds ever, I would argue. And usually what he preaches is rather accurate. And Michael Malone also echoed that same message that how important rebounding was. And the amount of times that the Nuggets allowed rebounds off missed three point shots in the half court offense was so many tonight. And that is an area that I've talked about that the Nuggets have got to get better in. In order to win in the playoffs, you can only give the opposing team one to two possessions max in a half court set. And when you consistently give them two to three opportunities to score, they're going to score. Teams are too good offensively in today's game that they're not going to score. So though this game had a low intensity feel to it against Portland, the Nuggets go on a three-game road trip following this against the Lakers on Thursday, the Kings on Saturday, or the Kings on Friday, and the Milwaukee Bucks on Monday. And they can't play like they did in the first half tonight against any one of those three teams or else they're going to lose. The Lakers beat a really good New York Knicks team this past Saturday again on the road at MSG. And LeBron and AD look great, and the team look energized and rested. And the Lakers are going to be good. They're going to be a tough game on this Thursday. I'm really excited for that game. But before I talk about that, which I will at the end of this episode. I do want to get into a little bit more of today's game. So yeah, the Blazers shot the ball excellent from the first half. In the first half, they really could not miss. They were really hitting on everything. The Nuggets defense was lackluster. They were not communicating on defense. It didn't seem their rotations were off. Guys were not rotating well. Reggie Jackson has continued to be a problem defensively. I know I talked a lot about Reggie Jackson in some of my first few episodes in this podcast in how that I questioned his role on this team, and I quickly admitted I was wrong for that. 
But a piece that I did talk about in those moments that I that I don't believe I'm wrong on is his defense. And what I talked in those October, November, early December moments about how Reggie Jackson was outplaying the expectations that I had for him in, in an episode that I did with someone named CT. Um, it's probably one of my first few episodes. I'd say it's like episode four or five if you want to check it out. It's a great episode. We talk a lot about expectations for the Nuggets season as it was earlier in the year there, and now we're over the halfway mark. But him and I, we talked about the struggles that Reggie Jackson might face defensively and how that's been a rather negative aspect of his game for his entire career. And he has been exploited defensively, I would say tremendously, the past 10 to 15 games. And it has shown just more consistently as a Nuggets fan. I am obviously looking for it when I watch him come in with the second unit and stunt with the starters when Murray goes to the bench. He's getting abused defensively. And he's late to defensive assignments when it, when it comes to closing out on three-point shooters he's not getting a hand in their face whether it's corner three wing three top of the key even an elbow shot he's just not getting his hand in the face quick enough and he's just a step or two slow and that's part of his age and how old he is and it's also part of just his lack of defensive ability and I think it is going to haunt the Nuggets a bit in the playoffs because they don't have a guard beyond Christian Brown that's comfortable defensively and not everyone can be a two-way player that Aaron Gordon and Jokic and Jamal Murray and KCP are. I don't want to say Michael's getting there, um, and Jamal Murray's not the best defensively, but he can hold his own when he needs to. I just don't like the defense that the Nuggets play when they play it when they have a two-guard lineup with Reggie Jackson and Jamal Murray. The two of them have just been be- getting beat bad defensively lately, and that's kind of inexcusable. And a lot of it's due to the rotation that Michael Malone has to play recently. Jamal. Not Jamal. Julian Strother has been out now 15 games um, with a knee contusion. He was activated Friday. He wasn't activated today because he got sent down to the G League, as I mentioned in the the episode that aired Saturday that I published, how he might return to the Nuggets on the road trip. And my guess is that he potentially will return for the game, not tomorrow when this episode airs, but next Monday in Milwaukee because the Nuggets G League affiliate team is in Grand Rapids, Michigan, for those who are not familiar. So Grand Rapids, Michigan to Milwaukee is a quick, easy flight. And he then could get an entire week because the Milwaukee Bucks game is game three of three on the road trip for the Nuggets. So it'd be on the third and final game. So he would get two games with the G League and then he could join the Nuggets squad. So I think that's what they might do. And if it's not, he'll probably then just go back with the team after the road trip is my guess or just come back after the all-star break we'll see I think his return should be put a little emphasis on just because the value he can bring offensively off the bench and just help out defensively he's not the best defensive player but I think we can avoid some of those two guard lineups with Reggie and Jamal so I think that'll help the Nuggets but as we move back to the game in terms of statistics for the game the Nuggets defense they allowed Portland to shoot 1 of 13 from 3 in the second half. And that's what made the difference. And Portland shot 38% from 2 with 9 turnovers. So the Nuggets defense, they turned up tremendously. They allowed 40 points in the second half. And Portland is respectively good offensive team in today's NBA. And teams are going to score when you allow open shots. And the Nuggets did exactly that in the first half. And they really fixed that up in the second half from 3. I can't say from in the paint in the third quarter. The fourth quarter was tremendous. The third quarter... 
the paint drives were still occurring with rather ease, I would argue, and the Nuggets were just not getting a body in people's way. But they did enough to win this game, and I think that's I think that's kind of the message that I'm trying to say. Is the Nuggets did enough, and that's kind of been what the Nuggets have done the past week and a half when they've played games at home, and they were just having a two-game homestand um, coming from the game in Oklahoma City. So they had a two-game homestand off their five-game road trip. They beat Philly and Milwaukee. They went on the road to OKC. They lost, but they came back home, took care of business against Portland with a home and home, beat them both. And you can't never complain about a win. A win is a win, as I've talked about so many times in this podcast. And something that I'm going to add to my podcast. So a lot of you know who follow my podcast. And if you don't, and if this is one of the first episodes you're listening in, well, welcome. Thank. I'm glad that you're here and listening, and I appreciate you. And one of the things that I do is I break down statistics. Then I get into some team stats. Then I get into some player stats. And I like to do some key takeaways. But I'm going to start changing not to a key takeaway. I'm going to do a few big takeaways. I'm going to do two big takeaways from today's game. And the two big takeaways, as I talked about at the start of this podcast, to just slightly recap them and talk about them a little more extensively, as I said I would, was Peyton Watson and Christian Braun. And Peyton Watson and Christian Braun make playing the bench unit a little more tolerable and they play with the starters and they play really well with the starters. Peyton Watson got a massive extended run alongside the starters down stretch minutes in the fourth quarter and it really paid off. He had really good possessions. There were two possessions in particular that stood out to me in this game for Peyton Watson and I thought they were two of the most key possessions in this game for the Denver Nuggets. So I'm going to give you a bit of a descriptor so you can try to almost visualize with me. And if you were watching the game, this might just kind of trigger you to remember the play that I talked about. So, yes, as I get into this, try to follow along. I apologize for my storytelling skills. I'm working on them to make sure that they get better and that I can give you guys good descriptives for the play. So, anyways, Peyton Watson was just everywhere. So, there was roughly 2.40 to go in the third quarter, and Watson is getting back down by Aiden down the elbow into the paint to the block on the left side when facing the Nuggets bench. And as the ball is coming in from the corner, they had a switch. So so Jokic was on the guy in the corner, in the corner. So the same corner that Aiden and Watson are on, that ball is in that corner. So the person attempts to pass the ball into Aiden. Watson reads that, ducks under Aiden's arms, deflects the ball. Jokic then intercepts the ball, gets the ball, starts dribbling up the court to a fast break. Christian Braun is with Jokic. He runs he runs the fast break well. Christian Braun starts at the wing and then cuts through the paint to the block and kind of then veers it to the baseline back out to the three-point side on the other side of the court. Following Jokic was Christian or was Peyton Watson, not Christian Braun, and Peyton Watson was trailing the play. Peyton Watson kind of cuts down to the block. Jokic feeds him the ball. Peyton Watson quickly gets doubled, takes two dribbles. Quickly realizes that KCP is wide open in stride for three. Passes him the ball in stride. KCP makes a big three to cut the Nuggets deficit from 84 to 76 to 84 to 79. And that to me is a huge moment of growth for Peyton Watson. Those two plays in particular. The first being that he is recognizing the switch that he has. Aiden is the bigger guy. They're going to attempt to feed Aiden because he has been having a very good game and the guy in the corner was going to have to pass the ball around Nikola Jokic, so it might not have been the most accurate pass, which it wasn't. And Peyton Watson read that, and he's also recognized that from just time and experience out on the court playing with Nikola Jokic. 
And Peyton Watson was able to just get a hand on the ball. He didn't actually get the ball. He just deflected the ball so someone had the potential to get the ball. And I think that's talked a lot about his growth as a defender is his ability to just deflect the ball and have deflections is so key. So he was able to deflect the ball. Then Jokic gets the ball. And then Peyton Watson doesn't freeze, doesn't blink in the moment understands immediately what he needs to do next and sprints down the floor, gets to the block, then he gets the ball. And in this moment, this is a moment of growth for Peyton Watson, where early in the season, I believe he would have forced the shot, whether he made it or not, he would have forced the shot and quickly got doubled. Instead of forcing the shot, he takes two dribbles to get out of the double to kind of half spin out of the double. Then with the half spin out of the double, he opens up to faces the court, to face the open side of the court where he sees KCP wide open for three in stride delivers a perfect pass KCP hits an open shot to make a three to cut the lead from eight to five and that moment was a huge swing for the Nuggets because they got a massive stop on the other end which could have turned to a 10-point lead then they hit a three so it was a five-point swing and from there the Nuggets really never looked back so that was a massive moment for the Nuggets. From that point forward, they wanted a 10-0 run. They closed the third quarter down 84-76 to to winning 86-84 to at the start of the fourth. And that's when I said the Nuggets really never looked back. They kind of went on a run in the fourth quarter and really just outplayed the Portland Trailblazers. The Nuggets had scored the Trailblazers 26-19 to in the fourth quarter and really just dominated them and really stretched the lead out. And a lot of that was due to Peyton Watson. As I said, he got extended minutes in the third and fourth quarter because Aaron Gordon got an elbow to the nose came out, was feeling a little injured. He came back. He's he's fine. But Peyton Watson, in that time span, he got a lot of minutes. And he, he proved well, and he proved his value. His two-way value is through the roof at the moment. He is so good, and I don't think it's an overreaction to say that one day I believe that Peyton Watson can be an all-star. Yes, I, I genuinely believe that statement. And I know some of you might think that's crazy because our own Jamal Murray has yet to be an all-star. And... Frankly, that's ridiculous. I know I talked about the other episode recently about how I believe he should be an all-star, but at the same time, how there's so many talented guards in the Western Conference. And that's true. Both statements can be true. There can be immense talent of guards in the Western Conference, but also that Jamal Murray should make the all-star game. He plays on the NBA's top five team, reigning NBA champs, performs incredibly well in the NBA finals, performs incredibly well against the NBA's best teams, against the NBA's best defensive teams, steps up when the Nuggets lean him to most, runs an incredible pick and roll with Jokic. He's one of the best fourth quarter players in the NBA. So, you know, when you factor all those things in, that is an all-star caliber player. He didn't get voted in. A lot of the all-star contest is a popularity contest. So Jamal Murray isn't the most popular NBA player, which is a shame. He should be more popular because he's incredibly talented part of it's the market that Denver plays in in it being a relatively smaller market than Chicago LA New York so that's part of it in the media coverage but since the Nuggets won the NBA championship the media coverage has been a lot more prominent in Denver as it should be and it should have been before because you have a two-time MVP on your team but beside the point to be honest Christian Braun as I said he was a big takeaway from this game he had some massive fourth quarter rebounds and he had some massive third quarter rebounds. He had he had massive rebounds all throughout this game today. And though he shot, I believe, one of four, like Mike Malone said, it doesn't matter. That's that's beside the point, like Mike Malone said. He and he did shoot one of four. He had four he had three rebounds and two assists. So his points were valuable and his rebounds really valuable. And Christian Braun was a plus eighteen in twenty eight minutes tonight. So he got massive extended minutes. He 
play him and Peyton Watson. He had 28 minutes, Christian Braun. Peyton Watson had 30 minutes. Michael Porter had 24 minutes. Michael Porter played half the game. He was a minus two. Michael Porter has not been playing well recently. His shot has just not been falling. And he goes through these cold slumps throughout the season. And I think he's in one right now. And it's tough to watch just because he's missing open shots that the Nuggets need him to make. But I don't think it's affecting his mental game too much. Or hopefully it's not. Because the Nuggets need him for the playoffs. And he knows that. And hopefully it's just a bit of a stretch he's in right now. And a bit of a rut. But he's got to get through it because the Nuggets are going to need him to shoot the ball well on this road trip in order to win. And one final thing before I transition to a preview for the Los Angeles Lakers game this Thursday is that KCP was holding his right hamstring at the end of the game with two minutes left as he walked to the locker room. The Nuggets got the win, but that is something to keep an eye on. And I'm curious to see updates as we hear a post game from the Nuggets because KCP is an incredibly valuable defender for the Nuggets and... They need him to win, so that's really tough, and hopefully if he is injured, he's not out too long because he's super important to the Nuggets, to their starting five lineup. He guards the better of the guards defensively for Jamal Murray, and he's really important for the Nuggets. He's one of their glue guys. And they need him out there. So hopefully he's not injured. And if he is injured, it's not a long-term injury. The Nuggets fortunately have three days off before their next game. They get Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off this week. So they'll have some time. And they might even practice once at their practice facility before they head to L.A. to face off against the Lakers. But that's another takeaway. That KCP, that hopefully whatever he is bothering, whatever is ailing his hamstring is not too severe. And... If he does need to take time off, hopefully he can return right after the All-Star break and just miss like three, four games. So that'd be the ideal scenario, but we will see as the reports come out. And he's a tough player. KCP plays through a lot of things, so I think that he can battle through. He dislocated his finger in Friday's game and was back today. So he's a dog. KCP is a fucking dog. And the Nuggets got a ton of dogs on the team. And Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, KCP, Jamal Jokic, like they got such good players who work hard, who understand the game, and just play hard. They just play hard. They play for one another. They're not about themselves. They're not about individual statistics. We're focused on the bigger goal, which is an NBA championship. Before, but, but before I preview the game, I do want to get into player stats because that is one thing I do. And it's a bit mundane, which is kind of why I don't do it at the start anymore. I just fil- kind of filtered in when I can into this podcast. But I do want to talk about the players because they are the reasons the Nuggets won. And I do want to just briefly share some of the player stats you played well, for instance. So the Nuggets' best player was Nikola Jokic, as predictable. He's the best player in the world. He's reigning finals MVP. He's probably in line to win his third regular season MVP in four years, and he would join a very select group to do so if he was able to do that. Nikola Jokic had 29 points, 8 rebounds, and 7 assists. He was 12 of 20 shooting from 2, 1 of 3 from 3, 4 of 5 from the free throw line. He was really every everywhere tonight. This was not his best game, but he did have a good game. Jamal Murray was 8 of 16 shooting, 4 of 6 from 3, 1 of 2 from the free throw line. He had 5 rebounds, 10 assists, 21 points. Jamal played well tonight. Then Aaron Gordon had 12, Michael Porter had 12, KCP had 11, Peyton Watson had 12, Reggie Jackson had 7, Christian Braun had 4. So then from beyond Jokic and Murray, it was pretty much spread out, even performance among the other three starters and then the few bench guys. But Peyton Watson and Christian Braun stood out. Those are my two big takeaways from today's game. And 
they just played super well, and they need to continue that strong play as we enter this three-game road trip. So as I transition now to the Nuggets' upcoming road trip against the Los Angeles Lakers, which is this Thursday, it's 8 p.m. local time for those in Denver, 10 p.m. Eastern, so 7 p.m. local time in L.A. It's on TNT, so it's a nationally nationally televised game, and hopefully KCP is is able to play. He did say, I'm just reading something now on my phone, KCP said after Sunday's win that he thinks he's fine according to um, Altitude Sports. So that's that's fantastic. I'm super relieved to see that. Um, I will check Twitter as I continue to talk on this podcast briefly. I don't like also just I'm not scrolling as I podcast here, guys. I just want to make sure that's clear. I, I have my notes and I come prepared. I just do like to check just to make sure I'm up to date on a few certain things. But the Nuggets are going to need a start. The, st- Healthy starting five lineup. Jeez, that was a tongue twister for me. The Nuggets are going to need five healthy starters in Thursday's game. They're going to need their bench to play well and contribute. And that doesn't all have to be in scoring. Peyton Watson is going to need to be super active on the defensive and offensive end. So he had a massive putback dunk in today's game. I think it was in the third or fourth quarter. It was in the second half. I just can't remember if it was the third or fourth quarter. And plays like that, just massive energy plays, and especially on the road when you don't have the home crowd to feed off of, and the Nuggets are so good at home. They're 21-4 now, which is the second-best record in the NBA. You need to feed off each other, and when some guys are not going, which not all guys are going to be going on this road trip, there might be a Jokic game. There might be a Jamal Murray game. Hopefully, it's they each have good games throughout the course of this road trip, but that most likely isn't realistic to happen and guys on the team are going to have to step up and play well for them. And KCP is one of the glue guys. Peyton Watson is one of the glue guys. Michael, Aaron, Reggie, Christian, all all eight of those guys. That is the Nuggets playoff rotation right now, those eight guys. And we saw it at the start of the fourth quarter. DeAndre Jordan didn't get second half minutes. And that's kind of been the key, I would say, the past Two, three-plus weeks, DeAndre Jordan gets some first-half minutes. He doesn't get some second-half minutes as the game gets closer and it gets more tight. Aaron Gordon will play the second-half center minutes behind as when Jokic sits, and that is their second-half rotation. So the Nuggets, and there's I have a few keys for the Thursday game. So the Lakers obviously have Anthony Davis, and he's incredibly good, and Jokic does match up well against him. However, the Lakers are going to look to establish Anthony Davis early and often inside the paint, Hope looking to get Jokic in foul trouble. So it's important to make sure Jokic avoids foul trouble, but it's important to also make sure Aaron Gordon and Peyton Watson avoid foul trouble because the Lakers have a plethora of wing forwards that they like to try it out there, whether LeBron James obviously is the most prominent name, but you got guys like Roy Hachimura, Jackson Hayes, who's more of a center, but then you got like Tyrion Prince, Austin Reeves is a guard slash forward, D'Angelo Russell's been playing really well lately, Cam Reddish, has been good, but he was injured about like nine, ten days ago, and and with an ankle injury, and they said he'd be reevaluated in two weeks, which would be in five days, which would be the day of the game or the day before or the day after. So he probably won't be back for Thursday's game. But the Lakers have good players, and the Lakers they got a really good win against New York this past Saturday. The Lakers won one thirteen to one hundred five, and Anthony Davis played rather well in that game. He had 18 rebounds, so he was all over the place. He was a massive force when rebounding the basketball. LeBron made a difference. He played 40 minutes, so he played top-heavy minutes in that game. He had 24 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Austin Reeves also played really well in that game. He had 22 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. So for the Nuggets to win, 
KCP is going to have to really play well against Austin Reeves, and Jamal is going to have to play well against D'Angelo. It's really just going to be like outdoing their players. So for me, Jamal is going to have to play outplay D'Angelo. KCP is going to have to outplay Austin, and I believe those things should and will happen. And then in terms of small forward, obviously LeBron's going to outrank Michael Porter Jr., but Michael Porter just has to hold his own against LeBron. He's a good size matchup to do it. And then Aaron or Jokic, whoever guards Anthony, and then Hachimura. So the Nuggets have the better players at the positions that matter, and they should be able to get the win. It's going to be really tough. Road road games are always really tough. Alongside winning on the road is really tough, but the Nuggets can do it. The Lakers bench did play really well in today's game, and that was a huge reason as to why the Lakers were able to beat the New York Knicks. Tiergen Prince had 16 off the bench. Jackson Hayes had 10. Max Christie had 6. So they don't have the best bench in the world, but they do have guys who will score if given the opportunity to. So as a Nugget, as a Nuggets fan and person who covers the team and very I wish I could say like media credentialed. I hopefully I I do kind of want to say this that hopefully soon, whether this season, next season, I can hopefully get some media credentials so I can actually be at Ball Arena to ask players questions after the game. That'd be super cool. And I would love that because I would love to just be more in depth and involved within the Nuggets. But I've only been podcasting for roughly three, four months now. So it's going to take time to get there and I recognize that. But hopefully I can bring you guys that coverage at some point but to transition back to the Lakers they're led by obviously their main two guys LeBron and Anthony Davis but D'Angelo Russell his play has been soaring the past two three weeks his last 10 games he's averaging 23 points a game alongside six and a half assists so he's been playing really well lately and then you topple that with Anthony Davis LeBron and Austin Reeves who's also been playing pretty well lately Austin Reeves in his last 10 he's averaging almost 18 a game on 42 from three shooting so he's shooting the three ball really well so for the Nuggets to get that win it's going to be really tough it's going to be relying on their half court defense to make sure they rebound the ball and the Lakers are not the best three-point shooting team but when the Lakers do shoot threes you have got to rebound the ball because Anthony Davis is one of the best rebounders in the NBA and you have got to box him out whoever is guarding him whether it's Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Peyton Watson, Michael Porter Jr., it doesn't matter, even if you get switched on to him, just box him out. If he gets the rebound, he gets the rebound. But you need to box him out because just we need to build those habits as we near the playoffs. And then obviously they play the Sacramento Kings the next night in a tough back-to-back right after the Lakers game, which is why it's important that the Nuggets start their three-game road trip off with a win against the Lakers because they play a back-to-back and then they get two days off before they face Milwaukee, who they beat um recently at Ball Arena, so Milwaukee's going to look to get revenge on them, so they have three days off between now and their start of their road trip, so they should be fully rested for the Lakers game, and they shouldn't feel as tired for the Kings game because they had three days off, but back-to-backs are always tough. It doesn't matter. A lack of sleep, lack of rest, it's always tough to win on the road, much less on a back-to-back, but the Nuggets can do it. They are built to do it. The rotation that they have, the discipline that they have, and the culture that they have is all tremendous, but before I end this podcast, I do want to announce that I am doing a giveaway. One of the first 500 subscribers who follows this podcast will have an opportunity to win a free Nikola Jokic jersey. So all you have to do is subscribe and follow and I will ship out on my dime. And if you are the person to win, I will just DM you and ask your size and you will tell me and I will buy that exact size and ship it out. So it's really straightforward and simple. And I do look forward to giving it away. If I can't give it away by the end of the month, I will have a different giveaway that I'm going to do to just incentivize people to follow me. So 
I really look forward to interacting and giving away with you guys. And as always, if you have any feedback or anything, feel free to DM me on Twitter, leave reviews and comments on the podcast page, whether on Spotify, Apple, or whatever platform that you listen on. I would love to see reviews from everyone who listens because it just means a lot to me. And I am someone who really values feedback and I'm always willing to listen to feedback to get better because I understand that this craft is not perfect. So on that note, I just want to say have a wonderful day. Let's go Nuggets. And we get a bit of a break in terms of the schedule, but I will have podcasts. I will have an episode air from Monday when this episode airs to Thursday's game. I promise you that I will have a podcast episode in between to keep you guys up to date with good content. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And on that note, have a wonderful day, as I said earlier. And let's go Nuggets and let's get this road trip started off with a win on Thursday against LeBron James and the Lakers.